Welcome to our final webinar session for 2020. Today I am joined by my real estate colleagues Elizabeth Duan and Nila Bertan. At the start of this year, most real estate professionals identified ESG as the key theme for the 2020s. Then 2020 happened and that somewhat diverted attentions. But following the recent announcement of the COVID-19 vaccine, attentions have started to return to ESG and in particular to the E environmental challenges that face the sector. There have been several high profile 2030 net zero targets that have been announced amongst them from the NHS. So the 2020s are being viewed as the decade for delivery with businesses afraid of being caught sleeping if they don't make changes. In this webinar, we'll be focusing on how real estate investments are being affected and what asset managers need to consider. But before we start on that, Neela, is it worth touching briefly on the S of ESG? And although we're not looking at that specifically today, why it is equally important to bear in mind? Yes, of course. The S of ESG relates to the social. There's no ready definition or set of criteria for this. It covers anything from the type of investment, placemaking, to Section 106 contributions, reviewing employment policies to recruit locally, um, providing equal opportunities and investing in education. There's no doubt that investing in a way that creates positive social outcomes is seen as increasingly important in the sector. The sense of responsibility that comes with owning properties within and relating to a specific locality. Um, but it can be extremely challenging to measure and value social impact. We're a long way off having an industry agreed set of criteria to benchmark social impact against. And for that reason, whilst the real estate sector has many very positive social impact investment examples to date, it's lagging a little bit behind in terms of measurable outputs. The feeling is that there's a lot to do on the E environmental front and that the focus needs to be on the E to meet future legislative changes. That point on valuation and benchmarking is an important one, not just to social investing, but to environmental objectives and the principles of ESG more widely. Um, Elizabeth, what are you hearing from investors on that? So investors into real estate, whether direct or indirect, are increasingly asking about ESG credentials. They want to know that their investment is in line with their own ESG objectives, but they also want to ensure that their investment won't be left exposed in the future as the legislation changes, which will no doubt have financial consequences. So when it comes to the environment, we're seeing a shift in the sector on valuations. The idea of a brown discount uh, rather than a green premium is emerging, and that is where valuations start to suffer more significantly for a portfolio that doesn't keep in line with environmental changes. And is there a ready way for investors to um, benchmark one portfolio from another in terms of those environmental um, criteria? Not specifically, but there is very much a developing piece as asset managers start to get to grips with their portfolios from a green perspective. And similar to that social impact investing point I mentioned earlier, the sector would benefit from a set of standardised metrics and methods of reporting against those for measuring the environmental credentials of a portfolio. Yeah, and the sector, but I mean also the legislators will need to decide on whether the key reporting data is done at portfolio or at asset level. We always used to talk about sustainability and a holistic approach. And whilst I appreciate these terms are really overused, there is an important point in them. And that is that the sector has an opportunity here to rethink its real estate assets and its relationship to them 
um, if it does that through a set of objectives that are just linked to overall portfolio performance, the results at asset level might not be consistently good or as good as they could be. That said, a way to apply consistent valuation principles would help inform investment decisions and there's no market-wide valuation and environmental negatives, but there are some property companies now applying their own valuations to balance up their investment decisions. So we have heard of our investor clients applying cost to carbon, for example, and factoring that into the price of the asset. And as I understand that, that carbon cost could be um, an embedded cost, so i.e. The, the cost that the building already carries from its initial construction, but then also its future carbon costs related to the types of uses that that building is, is put to, for example. Yes, exactly. It's also important that um, we acknowledge that it's impossible to get away from the point that buildings do carry a carbon cost. That cost will fluctuate throughout the life of a building and we mustn't forget the end of the investment life carbon costs in decommissioning, in um, converting and refurbishing that building. So the sector as a whole will need to decide what is an appropriate cost at each stage of a building's investment life and what should be done to offset that cost. As you mentioned offsetting, Elizabeth, Neela, what is the view of carbon offsetting at the moment? The 2010s saw a lot of talk about offsetting, but my impression is that it's increasingly viewed um, a lot more negatively. It carries negative connotations because of the idea that it allows dirty business to carry on, so long as it is investing enough money into offsets that might not be related to the area or even the country in which the building is located or the activities it undertakes. A market of buying and selling credits that facilitate carbon-heavy processes feels increasingly contrary to investor objectives, going back to that holistic principle again. The NHS and healthcare being a good example, where you question a decision to offset when that money would be better used investing back into health services, for example. That said, when you consider that no building can be without a carbon footprint, there's still a role for responsible offsetting. Many companies see it as a last resort. So if I were an asset manager and I was tasked with improving the environmental performance of my portfolio, what do I need to be thinking about now? So the first place to start with would be the state and condition of these existing stock and this can be challenging. Buildings have generally not been constructed in a way that permits easy environmental improvements. These terms throughout the last five years have included more environmental wording but in reality haven't have been far from green. So valuations today have not taken into account the environmental footprint and consequential impact on, uh, on value from a future investor perspective. So it's a case of profiling existing buildings to see where improvements are required and what they could be. Um, this would have to long, run alongside a programme of updating standard lease terms and working with existing occupiers to do that. Yes, exactly. There will no doubt be a question of who pays, although our experience is showing that tenants are equally focused on ESG objectives for their own investors. Yeah, I agree with that. I've had recent personal experience acting occupier side for office lets where the lease terms um, are really against previous standards, very onerous on costs associated with environmental improvements. However, my tenant client was not just accepting of this, but actually really quite reassured that the building was going to be managed in a way that was consistent with its own view of the world. 
for new acquisitions and new stock, the position is a little easier, I think, but the effect on valuation for assets that will take significant capex to improve them environmentally can't be ignored. This is where there's increasing discussion on the resilience of buildings. It means how able are they to adapt to changing regulations? And that's not just how adaptable the building is for improving its energy efficiency, but how easy is it to switch the way in which the building is powered? Um, to renewable sources, for example, and how the activities carried on within the building are managed. It's an interesting point, Neela. I mean, managing an asset against a set of objectives for an office building with tenants who all have strong ESG policies is one thing, but the sector will need to establish a way of accounting for buildings which house activities that are high energy intensity or high emissions producing. Um, the sector will need a way to value those assets that doesn't mean they become uninvestable when actually the businesses they house are still required by society at large. Yes, and this is where the point on greater cooperation between landlords and tenants come into play. So reaching high environmental targets is a joint effort. It can't be achieved by asset managers alone. And we haven't seen this come into play in, in terms of specific applications for consents to assign. But you do wonder whether ESG policies uh, of a proposed tenant might become a more influential factor. Well, we're very interested to see how our clients develop their reporting. However, what appears clear is that this is no longer a nice to have that's focused on loose sustainability principles. The E in ESG is now a requirement for consideration and that's driven by both investors and end users. And in both cases at the moment, it seems to be ahead of the legislation. Um, whilst it's extremely relevant on acquisitions, it's also relevant on disposals. And then what we're saying is that asset management will need to fill in the gaps in between. Um, ESG will no doubt become a key focus of the lawmakers as the government's recent announcements suggest. We'll be producing a series of more detailed sessions on particular aspects of ESG going through into 2021. But for now, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Neela and Elizabeth. And as always, thank you very much for listening to us today. And please do get in touch with your comments and your thoughts.